The Athletic. Good morning. Welcome to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. It's Tuesday the 25th of July. I'm Tim Spears and today we're asking... Will Kylian Mbappe move to Saudi Arabia and become the world's most expensive player? Al Hilal has submitted a 300 million euro world record bid for Kylian Mbappe. How did Jude Bellingham's first Real Madrid appearance go? Uh, we saw uh, Jude Bellingham as the best Real Madrid player in the first half. And why is Wilfred Zaha going to Turkey? He's the greatest player that I've ever seen at Crystal Palace. I mean, I always thought Ian Wright was, would never be surpassed. This is the Daily Football Briefing with Tim Spears. PSG and France star Kylian Mbappe is weighing up whether to make a world record transfer move to Saudi Arabia after Al-Hilal made an offer of £259 million for the 24-year-old. Mbappe has been given permission to speak to Al-Hilal just a few days after he was put up for sale and left out of PSG's pre-season tour of Japan following the France captain's decision not to renew his contract, which expires next summer. It was believed Mbappe's intention was to join Real Madrid on a free transfer in 2024, but Al-Hilal's massive bid, which would break football's transfer record by more than £60 million, set when Neymar swapped Barcelona for PSG in 2017, has dramatically changed the picture. So, will Mbappe, one of the best players in world football, move to Saudi Arabia? And what will Real Madrid do now? To find out the very latest, I'm joined by The Athletic's Adam Crafton, who's all over this story. Adam, this is a fast-moving and complicated potential transfer. So, can we start with the latest developments as you understand them? Yeah, so pretty extraordinary. Monday morning, news broke that Al-Hilal, one of the leading Saudi clubs in the Saudi Premier League that's been taken over by the State Sovereign Wealth Fund, the Public Investment Fund, has submitted a €300 million Euro world record bid for a football player uh, to Paris Saint-Germain for Kylian Mbappe, widely considered to be probably the best striker in the world at the moment. This is the ultimate spanner in the works for Real Madrid, who've long courted Mbappe. Is it right to assume even they can't compete with the finances of this offer, and therefore it's down to a simplistic money-versus-football argument for Mbappe? Is it as simple as that? I mean, I don't know if it will even get to a question of money-versus-football, because I don't think this is going to get to a question of does he go to Real Madrid or Al-Hilal, because... The situation as it is, is Kylian Mbappe's contract at Paris Saint-Germain has one year to run. And this contract has become very controversial because when he signed it, which would have been in the summer of 2022, it was initially presented as a three-year contract uh, up until 2025. There's a famous picture of him on the pitch at Paris Saint-Germain's Parc de Prince Stadium, holding up a jersey that said 2025. However, it's since become public knowledge that that was a two-year deal to 2024 with the option to extend it to 2025. So now all of a sudden, PSG, terrified that they're going to lose arguably the best player in the world for nothing at all, are desperately trying to sell him because they believe that he has this pre-contract agreement with Real Madrid. However, the twist here is with the Saudis coming in, the Saudis are also saying to Mbappe, well, actually, you can still do that. You can still go to Real Madrid in the summer of 2025, but come and join us for a year. Sign for a year, even if we have to lay down 300 million euros. The question is whether he will even sit down with them. 
I mean, it is very early days. This news only broke on Monday. But what's your hunch here, Adam? Can you see this progressing? Can you see it happening? I think it's going to have a significant role to play in what happens with Mbappe because all of a sudden you do have some competitive tension in the market. Until this, you know, no one was really coming in for Mbappe because everyone in Europe just kind of thought, well, he wants to go to Real Madrid and we're not going to outbid Real Madrid. I think it's possible that, you know, the one-year thing kind of works for everyone. You know, it works for Real Madrid because they still get their player in a year's time. It works for Mbappe because he gets a ton of money. And also at the moment, PSG is saying, if you don't renew your contract, then we might just put you on the bench for a season. And obviously PSG, fearful of getting nothing, would all of a sudden get 300 million euros. That's kind of where where it sits at the moment. But the one thing I still wouldn't rule out, which you can never rule out when it's Mbappe and PSG, is that despite kind of being at war with one another almost constantly every summer for the last few years, you can still never rule out that they somehow emerge from this with him signing up for another year. England midfielder Jude Bellingham got off to a fine start to his Real Madrid career, impressing during a 3-2 victory over AC Milan in the US. Bellingham's first appearance in the Colours of Madrid saw him line up in a new-look 4-4-2 formation for Carlo Ancelotti's side, alongside fellow new signing Hosselu and the returning Brahim Diaz, who has spent the last three years on loan with Milan. Ancelotti was full of praise for Bellingham, who he called a complete inside player. Bellingham and Madrid will now continue their pre-season preparations with a match against Manchester United in Texas later this week. Our Real Madrid man Mario Cortegana was out in Pasadena to watch Bellingham's debut in person and he joins me now. Mario, you were there. What did you make of Bellingham's first appearance? I think uh, I'm not wrong if I say that all Madridistas, all the people between Real Madrid uh, from inside, uh, we saw... uh, Jude Bellingham as the best Real Madrid player in the first half. That uh, means a lot uh, given that uh, he just landed like one month or so uh, ago and that the system was new for all the teams. So uh, not it was not just uh, about his statistics that uh, were really good, but about what uh, the team feel with him. So it seems Ancelotti may be adapting Madrid's system to fit around Bellingham. Also, this kid's only 20 years old, but you say in your piece he's showing leadership and maturity, which suggests he's certainly not phased by playing for Madrid. Yeah, Ancelotti has spoken about that. Uh, Ancelotti is saying that uh, something like uh, he's building around Bellingham. It's a new system and he's like the, the main guy in the, in the diamond uh, playing as a 10. He priced uh, Jude uh, a lot uh, yesterday at the Rose Bowl Stadium. Everyone at the club is saying me that uh, they are kind of impressed uh, about uh, how mature he is, how he's uh, adapting to the group, uh, how he cares about the details, not just with the teammates, also with the coaching staff, always trying to know to know more, interested on, on listening to the to Ancelotti and uh, his his team, he, his coaching staff, and also with the with the supporters here the, on my back every day. He's spending like 5, 10, 15 minutes uh, taking photographs and so on. Okay, so we'll see what happens with Mbappe, but what's on the cards for the rest of Madrid's summer transfer business? Yeah, now it's all depends on what happens with Kylian Mbappe. I was speaking with coaching staff sources this week and they were like that, like until we know what's happening finally with Kylian, uh, we are just in, in that page. We, we can't uh, think in anything more. 
You're listening to the Daily Football Briefing from The Athletic. Crystal Palace legend Wilfred Zaha has signed for Turkish club Galatasaray on a free transfer. Zaha is considered to be one of the greatest players in Crystal Palace's history, but has left Selhurst Park after his contract expired recently, with the forward reportedly turning down an offer of £200,000 a week before tax to stay with Roy Hodgson's side. Ivory Coast international Zaha played more than 450 times for Palace over two permanent spells, either side of a short-lived move to Manchester United. The 30-year-old has spurned other offers from overseas to sign for reigning Turkish champions Galatasaray on a three-year contract worth almost £4 million a year or around £72,000 a week, although that figure is after tax. Joining me now is our football writer and Crystal Palace guru, Dom Fifield, to discuss the end of an era at Selhurst Park. Dom, Zaha supposedly had offers from Lazio in Italy or he could have taken huge money in Saudi Arabia, which begs the question, why Galatasaray? I think he's fulfilling an ambition that he's always had of playing in the Champions League. I mean, they they play Lithuanian a Lithuanian team in qualifying um, this week, but they 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 expect to progress into the group stage, and that will give him six six matches at the very least to to show what he can do on that stage. He's never had that opportunity, but he's that that's been what he's he's aspired to do. Really, whenever there's there have been moments when he's been unsettled at Crystal Palace over recent years, he's. He's always cited the the desire to play at the highest level possible at club football, and that is the Champions League. And of all the clubs that came in for him, it was only Galatasaray, by the sound of things, that that, that offered him that that chance. Palace's reported offer to Zaha of two hundred thousand pound a week suggests they were pretty desperate to keep him, and that they'll really miss him. How much of a loss is he going to be? I think there was a, there was clearly a desire to keep him. That offer's been on the table for an awfully long time, though. It wasn't just submitted. It was it was much earlier this year. I think that that that, that offer went into Wilfred Zaha. Zaha has played an integral part in keeping them and maintaining that position at the, at the top table. Yeah, he, and he's cherished by by the club, so they will miss him in that regard. However, I would suggest that. He is over. He's thirty now. Um, I think Palace have seen the best of him. I think ultimately, while it's a very sad moment for Crystal Palace to be losing a player of his caliber and the, everything that he means to the local community and the club, I think it, it is probably a natural parting of the ways. And I'm not sure that Palace will be as devastated as they might have been, say, if he'd left three or four years ago. And as he said in his goodbye message on social media, the Palace shirt was you know, his, his second skin. So Palace clearly meant everything to him. You mentioned his achievements. What's his legacy going to be at Selhurst Park? I think the fact that Crystal Palace are an established Premier League team now, really. He has just driven the team on. He's been a, a dynamic presence on the pitch. He personifies the club and the local community. He's brought up in that area. It, it means something to him and he he wore his heart on his sleeve. It, he's the greatest player that I've ever seen at Crystal Palace. I mean, I always thought Ian Wright was would never be surpassed, but he is the greatest of all time and for Palace and he'll, he'll mean, it'll mean everything. Once this sort of rawness of the last few days uh, subsides and, and heals, uh, people will remember everything that he's achieved at the club and, and be appreciative of it. Right, here's your football TV guide for the day. Co-hosts New Zealand are back in action in the Women's World Cup this morning against the Philippines at the bleary-eyed time of 6.30am in the UK or 1.30am on the East Coast in the States before Switzerland v Norway kicks off at the far more reasonable time of 9am in the UK or 4am Eastern time. 
Two superstars of the world game in action tonight. Paul Mullin and Wrexham face the might of Manchester United in a friendly which you can watch on ESPN2 in the States at 10.30pm Eastern Time while Lionel Messi should make his second Inter-Miami appearance against Atlanta United. That's 7.30pm Eastern Time on MLS Season Pass via Apple TV+. Right, that's all for today. Thank you so much for listening. I've been Tim Spears. Your producer was Mike Zimmerman and executive producer was Ian McIntosh. Michael Bailey will be back tomorrow, so make sure you subscribe. And if you've got the time, leave us a review and let us know what you think. See you tomorrow morning. The Athletic.